I'm a useless bear. I don't even know what I am. Tell me why I did it. Every dream falling apart. Tell me why I did it. After the promise. Still I can, still I can. Oh, baby, I need your love. Looking so different, clear and sweet life. Heartbeat, heartbeat, it keeps on pounding. Heartbreak, heartbreak, you tell me goodbye. Heartbeat, heartbeat, it keeps on pounding. Heartbreak, heartbreak, you tell me goodbye. Let's talk about another ice-wielding persona, uh, Kentoki Doji, owned by Teddy. Ah, uh, Teddy. Well, I want to talk about the, the part I like about Teddy. I mean, I think that there's some... He's quite funny, but as as we have uh, alluded to, there is some, some stuff that is happening there with the character that is uh, facepalm-inducing from time to time. But I do appreciate Teddy's arc as kind of, like, reflective of all of our existential journeys mm. because he's just kind of awakens, uh, right? He was a shadow, but people coming to the TV world, I don't know if it was specifically you and Yosuke that do this, but people coming there somehow like awakened human emotion within the shadow that became Teddy. It became sentient. It's become self-aware. Oh no. It, because he is an emotional being, he begins to reflect on who he is, which he has nothing to lean on because he has no memory. If you don't have any memory, then what is there some something else at bottom that he can get to, some kind of other fundamental elements, fundamental attributes that define him? What is he? What's his purpose? Like, why is he even here to begin with? And these are questions that we all struggle with, I think, mm. at one time or another, or perhaps for all our lives, all of our adult lives. I mean, it, it may be a little bit kind of obvious or on the nose that this kind of character is doing this, but at least I appreciate it. And, and I think it is in some ways reflective of what all the characters in the game are doing a little bit, mm. trying to find themselves, trying to discover who they are and what they need to be doing. Yeah. And I love that the fact that uh, his <laughs> evil Teddy shadow, um, which, you know, you think is Amino Sagiri, is just this giant nihilistic monster. There's no such thing as the truth. There's no such thing as a real sort of self-discovery for you. There is no who you are. It's all nothing at bottom. And they don't believe it and they're going to keep searching, I think Teddy begins to realize that even more important than what might be at the end of that journey of self-discovery is like the fact that he is making the journey, and he's doing it authentically. He's doing it for himself, by himself. Not by himself, but like of his own choice, um, of his own volition. And he's sharing it with a group of other people who he cares about mm. and who he feels love for. 
I think he realizes all that is what is really, really important. P- perhaps more important than the answers he will come to. Yeah, I think de- no, definitely, definitely more important. And this is not to say that there are answers or are not answers or the answers are unimportant. I mean, I think these are fundamental human questions Yeah, uh, that it is important to think about. But I, I do think that it's right that Teddy realizes having people to walk down that path with gives meaning to that search and gives meaning to our lives. Teddy literally comes from nothing. That is literally where he began. He was nothing. And then he gained a shape. He gained a personality. Ex nihilo Teddy fit. Yeah. (laughs) One size fits all. I mean, they even pop off the head to find there is nothing inside. That is literal. But even when you first meet him, he has defined attributes. He looks the way he does. He has the personality he does. He helps you despite the fact that he really shouldn't have any reasons to, so any reasons to trust you. And then he, he only grows from there. And then when he, of course, becomes human and becomes a real person. How great was that? That was... <laughs> so good. That was that was legitimately brilliant. <laughs> just amazing. Just pop it off, and then there's a, like, Bishy 101, like, you know, the textbook yes. example. He even sparkles a little bit. Don't fight over me, babies. <laughs> Fucking hell. What a guy. Um. So I think, again, as you said, like, there's a very universal idea behind this story. Because you can say, like, you know, all right, maybe I don't really sympathize or empathize all that much or can't relate to certain characters. Like, okay, I've never had to question my sexuality, so I'm not entirely able to relate to Kanji's issues. But everyone's, you know, started basically from nothing and had to develop themselves over time. Except that even, again, as you say with as you say with Teddy, so he, he had attributes even in the beginning, and he built them from there into becoming the likable, you know, helpful, kind-hearted person he is who's admittedly very horny. Um, So (laughs) it speaks to us, you know, that even if you think you start from nothing and you have nothing to offer, you can, for one thing, already have attributes that you're not aware of that are worthwhile. And, And secondly, you can build from them from there. Yeah, yeah, that's a really great point because once Teddy poofs into being he's not just a floating mind like we're not just these ethereal entities that are all like pondering our existence like like you said there's difference there's attributes there's things we're good at or not and regardless of how much time we spend self-reflecting and like worrying sort of in in angst over our place in the universe like we're still rolling forward through life we're still doing things we're still sort of performing the act of being human all the time. That is something that you can, yes, look at, appreciate, grow from. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. Yeah. Small things about Teddy, by the way. Um, He is very horny, and his horniness can be very aggravating, particularly, as we mentioned, with the fact that he decides to steal the girl's measurements. By the way, I forgot to mention the reason they do those in the first place is because Naoto has the very sensible idea that, oh yeah, every time we go in here, we're breathing in what could very well be nerve gas. Maybe we should, you know, check that we're okay. This is, again, why I like Naoto so much, because she has her shit in order. I know this is going to sound weird, but there is a reason he's horny, and it's because he didn't have, you know, he wasn't fully featured before he became human. Can, <laughs> can, you, can you exactly blame him for not for coming into the world without knowing even a tenth of the social standards that someone of, say, the rest of the team's age would know, and then suddenly having to deal with hormones he's never had before. That's a perfectly adequate rationalization. <laughs> I, I mean, 
again, there's that age-old thing of you don't have to excuse someone's actions, but you can at least understand them. And secondly, this was just a weird thought exercise, but I thought to myself, wait a minute, Teddy's now in the real world and he's working at Junette's. What's he going to do for the end game after all this is wrapped up like and he goes into adult life? He's not going to become a shelf stacker for the rest of his days. That would be <laughs> fucking awful. Never mind the <laughs> minor plot hole of how he even gets employed there if he doesn't have social security or whatever it goes by. <laughs> minor plot hole. Um, <laughs> yes. He just shows up at school sometimes. What the fuck does he it's do? It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> the teachers and everything are okay with it. Yeah. Um, but I realized, God. I realized actually, if you if he did manage to solve, you know, the social security problem, the fact that he just basically existed one day, uh, Teddy does have a viable career path ahead of him, and that is professional sunglasses. Yes, that would be great. I can guarantee you that if ever we get like you know, uh, a future version of him, he will be making some fucking bank from making sunglasses for people. I guess that has got to be the career path that he takes. Like fucking what Ray Ban? Ah, fuck that shit. Teddy, Teddy's <laughs> got you know the fucking lenses for you, my friends. I mean, all those glasses are really cool. Like he makes person. They're nice. He could he could make like fake uh you know gla- like frames basically. Yeah, he makes really good like frames, unique for each person. Like they all look really cool. Um, they do. And if he can whip them up as quickly as he can with ostensibly no tools <laughs> just magic teddy 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 runs Netsy. shadow magic teddy runs an etsy shop there you go man's making bank <laughs> get that shit on patreon <laughs> totally yes and i was like yes. okay i'm happy with this now i can see a future in which he will be happy and he won't you know be lacking for anything because he does i mean but jokes aside that's another thing that's worth noting about him and he says he comes from nothing but he has that artistic skill that you know that ability yeah that craft, that's a worthwhile thing, irrespective of the fact that it is also kind of a plot device necessary for them to, you know, operate inside the TV world because it clears out the fog. But still. But still. It's like I said with Naoto, like, there's so much we don't realize about ourselves until we bump up against other people and we see difference and we hear a counter-narrative and yeah, we hear from them about, like, things that they've observed as someone who's not inside our own head. I'm very, very glad that at least, you know, that Teddy brand glasses would be a thing if he ever <laughs> chose to take that career path off. But he's also another very welcome character. Tom, ta-da, Tom! I've climbed the stairway to maturity! Okay.